0: The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com.
1: Now let's go to uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 8 and chapter 9 as we hear it read to us by Donna White this morning.
0: Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 8 verse 9 through chapter 9 verse 7 be broken you peoples and be shattered give ear all you far countries strap on your armor and be shattered strap on your armor and be shattered take counsel together but it will come to nothing speak a word but it will not stand for god is with us For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony The teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. And when they say to you, Inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter. Should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry and when they are hungry they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their god and turn their faces upward and they will look to the earth but behold distress and darkness the gloom of anguish and they will be thrust into thick darkness Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder And forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Donna. Uh, Pray with me uh, before we go to his word. Father, we thank you uh, that you're a God that hears our prayers. You're a God that is not far off. You're a God that is not ruled by how we feel, uh, but you're a God that is the same yesterday, the same today, and you'll be the same tomorrow. We thank you that we know you are ruling supremely over every circumstance of our lives, and you are good. You have displayed your goodness through your Son, Jesus Christ. You have uh, been willing to send Him to live, to die that he might rise and bring us hope and life and so father i pray in the next few minutes that you would open our hearts that you would sharpen our minds that we would have new thoughts about you governed by your word that we would be renewed in faith or that even some of us would have faith for the first time god by your spirit meet us where we are we beg we need you this morning. Don't leave us as we are. Don't leave us in the state that we've come. Uh, but Father, change us as a surgeon with a knife. Make the cuts that will bring healing, O oh God, this morning. We beg, and we do so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, I listened to a uh, podcast recently by... Uh, a counselor by the name of Adam Young. And uh, the podcast in, is entitled The Place We Find Ourselves. He's a counselor out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, in the seventh podcast, and I would highly recommend you Google and, and check it out this week, um, he is dealing with the issues of attachment, attachment issues. Um, you, you see, we're all hardwired by God from birth uh, to reach out to others. and and when we feel threatened and 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 as infants the ones that we reach out to are our parents or our primary caregivers during that first year or so and how they respond to us and how we experience them responding to us determines how we relate with one another from that point forward Uh, it's fascinating and and because we are all fallen we are basically fallen people raising fallen people. Uh, We are broken people raising broken people. Therefore, all of us have some form of dysfunction emotionally in how we relate to one another and those around us. And uh, therefore, psychologists have come up with four different dysfunctions of attachment. Uh, And the one that I really related to was the first one that he defined, and that is an avoidance attachment. Um, and, And that occurs when... Um, When a child experiences um, um, kind of uh, uh, ambivalence, um, when they cry out, when they're looking for that safety, looking for that love, looking for that comfort, they don't get it. And and therefore, they learn their condition to become avoidant of attachment. Um, And that is really my heart in so many ways in my life. Um, I have learned not to trust others i've learned to be independent and to be self-reliant in our in our western culture uh independent self-reliant people are often award uh, rewarded however it's not health completely it is actually dysfunction Um, because not only can i achieve different things not only can i get a lot done because i'm self-reliant but it, it handicaps me in the way I relate to others because it's hard for me to let others in. It's hard for me to to trust, especially the closest people to me. And 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 we could get into how that manifests in marriage, and parenting, and friendship, and so forth. Um, but what was fascinating to me, especially in light of this passage this morning, is this whole reality that everything. Um, that we need is the very thing God is. Everything that I need as a human being from the deepest recesses of my soul is who God is. You see, that's the job of a parent or a caregiver. That's the job of a friend. It's the job of a spouse to reflect God to me, not be my God, but to reflect God to me. And yet, no one can replace God. No one can do the, the, the job of God, and yet God and God alone can satisfy my soul, and therefore he is safe to attach every part of my being to him. You see, that's how he offers himself throughout his word. The psalmist in Psalm 46.1 um, says this. He said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. And in these early chapters of Isaiah how is God being presented to the people of God as Emmanuel God with us God for us he is the wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the Prince of Peace he is a God who fights for his people he is a God whose zeal accomplishes good things He is one that we can attach our souls to. And friends, that's the message that Israel and Judah needed to hear because there is a a, a, a nation called Assyria that is growing in power and they are thirsting for more. And therefore, they are threatening their neighbor, Syria, and therefore Syria reaches out to Israel in the northern kingdom and, and, and... seeks an alliance, and Israel, the very nation of God, the people of God, enter this wicked alliance with Syria. And it's wicked because it reveals that Israel has abandoned faith in God, and therefore they feel as if, because driven by fear uh, in light of present circumstances, they feel as if they need to take matters into their own hands and hedge their bets just in case God doesn't come through. And and not only that, but Israel puts pressure on the southern kingdom, Judah, and and King Ahaz to enter this same alliance. And Ahaz won't do it, not because he's godly, but because he doesn't want to give up his power. He doesn't want to share power. And and so he is anxious. He's living in worry. He's he's wringing his hands. He doesn't know what he's going to do, but he knows he's not going to uh, sign an alliance with Israel and Syria. And therefore, unbelief is resulting in tragedy uh, for God's people. It's resulting in worry and anxiety in God's people. And is this not a message that is right on time for me and for you? Because as we face the uncertainties, uh, every morning, waking up, turning on the news, scrolling through our our social media, reading uh, news articles, we are searching for answers. We're searching for some good news. We're we're searching for some certainty and some purpose. And what God tells us is, in this lifetime, the only thing that is certain is that he is the one we need and he is the one that we can attach our souls to. That trusting him is, is life itself. That that is where flourishing is. It's not apart from him, it's running to him even when it's hard, even when it may even be illogical and counterintuitive. So how can we trust God in the midst of uncertain times? Well, the first thing that we need to see that we learn from this passage is that trusting God is inseparably inseparably rooted, easy for me to say, uh, inseparably rooted to the fear of God. Look at verse 13. He says, let him be your fear. Let God, Isaiah calls God's people let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Now that sounds off-putting at first. We're supposed to fear God? You want us to dread God? But, but let's bring it down to our level. Fear is a natural and, and often good thing in our lives. I experienced that just this week. Uh, Rachel and I have been uh, socially distancing from our grandchildren. Uh, and yet a couple days ago, we, we got closer and we saw Wilder really in person for the first time in, in several weeks. And uh, he did not immediately want to crawl to us or reach for us. Uh, he immediately was, was shying away. He was looking with suspicion on who are these strange giants uh, in, my, you know, in, in my sphere, my world, because all I've seen are my parents and my brother. There, I know they're safe, but I don't know about you guys. And that is a good thing. We don't need to run to anyone and everyone that comes into our space. Uh, that is a, a, a healthy and good thing. There are many manifestations of good fear. Think of it this way. There's a difference, or there's a different way uh, that fear manifests itself toward your surgeon than it does toward a bully in school or in your neighborhood, or in your business, or uh, a threat, someone coming at you. Both of them may break your bones, (laughs) but one's gonna break your bones for your good, and the other's gonna break your bones for your destruction, and to demean you, and to overpower you, and uh, to make you feel less than. And, and, And therefore, we are to go to God and have this healthy fear of knowing that he is greater than us, he is wiser than us, but he loves us, and what he does is for our good. This is, we, we see that this is not just theology for Isaiah. Uh, he, he is saying this out of experience. Remember chapter six? He, he encounters this incredible vision of God sitting high upon his throne, the train of his robe filling the temple. There's smoke, there's, there's fire, it's this fantastic, image that he gets and there are seraphim that are calling out to one another they're covering their eyes with two wings they're covering their feet with two wings and they're flying with two wings and you remember this antiphonal um um, chorus going on where they're crying out to one another holy 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 is the lord god almighty the king who sits on his throne and 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 what happens does Isaiah say oh wow that's fascinating let me capture that in writing no he falls on his face and he says woe is me I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips there is dread there is fear there is get me away from this presence He's too big he's too beautiful his glory is overwhelming and it exposes all of my, my insecurities and my sin but what is the next thing after he experiences the redemption of his God? When the seraphim take the tongs and they, they take the burning coal, they can't even touch this kind of fire, which shows it's God's fire. It's God's redemption. It's, it's God's um, um, instrument. And he touches, the seraphim touches the lip lips of, um, of Isaiah and says, your, your sins are atoned for. They're paid for. Oh, so this is a God that pays for my sins. This is a God that atones for my sins. He uses his glory and his majesty for my benefit, not my destruction. He's not a bully. He's a surgeon. He's a savior. He's a mighty warrior that is fighting for me. And then what is the next scene? God says, who shall I send? (laughs) It's almost comical. Uh, there's only one in the audience. It's Isaiah. And Isaiah says, Me, send me. Here am I, send me. And so there is an encounter with God, an experience with God, and and, 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 and a knowledge of God that leads to a trust in God or a fear in God, and then a trust in God, and then obedience to God. Experience leads to fear leads to trust, leads to obedience, and a life lived for the glory of God. This is what we see in Isaiah. He is is telling us that, that we know God, we know that we have feared God when we have stopped negotiating with Him. When we shut up and say, here am I, send me. When we shut up and say, you direct me by your word we see this in in verses 19 and 20 listen and when the world when other people in, even that call themselves God's people say to you inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter love that should not a people inquire of their God should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living and then he says this declare makes this declaration to the teaching and to the testimony He's saying, when all there's all this uncertainty or people are offering all these different answers, where do we go as the people of God? We don't go to the dead. We go, we go to the living God Himself, to the testimony, to the word. It is because um, he says, if they will not speak according to His word, it is because they have no dawn. they have no light. Light has not dawned on them. They have not been governed by the truth. They are governed by themselves. You see, his word is the map. His word is a map in our lives, and to get off of it, to look away from Waze or Google Maps, is to end in destruction. It's to be lost. Those shortcuts that I typically take typically lead to destruction or at least lostness when I don't trust the technology and I take matters into my own hands. And this is what Isaiah is saying. And we see this uh, in the people. It, 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 look at um, the first few verses, 8 through 10. Isaiah is taunting um, you know, the, the, the nations around them. He says, get, get dressed in your, your, your uh, shields. You know? Get dressed in your armor but you're just going to get shattered. Why? The last phrase of verse 10, God is with us. How did they know God was with them? It didn't feel like God was with them. There was nothing in their experience in terms of everyday living that made them feel as if God was with them. How did they know God was with them? Because he told them he was with them. And, and, and listen to this. And so it's faith in His Word. The way we know we're fearing God is when we are trusting His Word even when life is telling a different story. Verse 17, what does is, what is Isaiah say? I will wait for the Lord who is hiding His face from the house of Jacob and I will hope in Him. Did you hear that? I will hope in the Lord who is, wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the house of Israel. Do you feel like God is hiding his face from you right now? What is your answer? It's to hope in the living God, because really you have uh, two options. It's to live your own life, to take your own way, to live under your own authority, or to trust that there is a God who loves you, who has given Himself for you, who is wooing your heart, in whom you can attach the very essence of your soul and not be dismissed, and not be abused, and not be neglected, but a God who is with you and for you. And then, secondly, trusting God, though, will feel illogical at times, it will feel counterintuitive. What we saw in that video of Ahmad Arbery's murder a couple weeks ago, was really the essence of a people saying, we are going to live according to our authority. Uh, this, we are going to live according to our rule, our interpretation of life, um, our framework and context of life, Uh, We're going to live by what we think is true, not what God thinks is true. And look where it led. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man. It seems right, but its end is the way to death. Its end is the way to death. You know, I counter that with our... um, Bible study, our Zoom Bible study this past Wednesday night. A- at one point, it was toward the end, and it was a discussion on Ahmaud Arbery's death and the injustice and the, the horrible reality of it and, and how it went down, um, the evil of it. And, and we were, Sergei was leading it and he addressed a question to Danita Calhoun. And basically what he was asking is this, you as an African-American woman, why in the world, in the world we live in, are you a member of a cross-ethnic church? Why are you doing life with white people? (laughs) And her immediate response, now, I don't know if she was fed that question before, uh, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, even if she was, it's a beautiful answer. But her immediate response was go to the word. She went to, I think it was Ephesians two, um, and and talked about how it is God's uh, will. The, the very essence of, of his crucifixion was to unite what was separated was to bring jew and greek slave and free male and female together the very enemies those that are opposed to one another in culture and society are now unified in the body of christ she uh, spoke of revelation 7 9 where it's obvious that the kingdom of god is a cross ethnic kingdom that there's no racial superiority there's no uh, economic superiority and yet as an african-american woman she is walking by faith she's not walking by experience because if she was she would not be at downtown church and friends that's what we are called to do we are called to be people of his word and herein lies the conflict of the fallen human soul we are built for trust and yet our nature has experienced so much betrayal, even to this moment, that there is mistrust. And that is why the Word of God, that is why the righteous shall live by faith. Faith in what? Just faith as, as and no, faith in God as revealed in His Word. We will build our lives not on the sand of our own speculation and our own um, uh, reasoning, but we will go to God's Word and we will become uh, pliable to it, not it to, uh, to us. You see, I have a feeling that the two men that uh, murdered Ahmad Arbery probably have some theological framework. Everybody has a theological framework, but there's probably some type of complete and utter distortion, false uh, message and teaching of the Bible in their lives but they have not come to God's word and let it, they've come to God's word to shape it toward their beliefs. They have not come to God's word to let it read them and shape them. And unfortunately, friends, we all do that to some degree. And the question that we have to ask is this, how are we going to the word and making it say what we want it to say? What are we ignoring in God's word? You see, there's a, there are two ways to go to God one is to go to God to use him to uh, manipulate him to steer your life and and manifest your life in a way that um, that you want it to go or to go to God to simply get God you can go to God to get your agenda accomplished or you can go to God and get God and here's what happens when you go to God To get your agenda accomplished verses 21 through 22 chapter 8 they will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry they're going to experience a famine and what's going to happen when when because because they've gone to God to get him to bless their agenda here's what will happen when they are hungry they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God And turn their faces upward like, you know, haughty eyes toward God. Like, where are you? And then they will look to the earth. They'll look back down and basically conclude, forget him. But behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. And they will be thrust into thick darkness. Friends, we cannot manipulate God in this pandemic right now we can't say God you do this for me you keep my job safe you keep my retirement safe you you keep me from getting this disease you heal my uh, my, my spouse or you heal my my child or you keep. we cannot barter with God can we pray to God for these things yes but there's such a difference between a demand on God and a prayer in faith to God friends We must come to God trusting in his word, um, giving ourselves to him, knowing that even in the midst of of that, it's going to feel illogical to trust God when you have the the COVID-19. It's going to feel illogical to trust God when you lose your job. It's going to feel illogical to trust God when he doesn't give you a child. He's going to, it's going to be illogical to trust God when he takes your child from you. He takes your spouse from you. He keeps you from ever getting married, if that is your desire. All of these things. But see, there's a lie in the church, and that is that God, you know, Jesus will meet all your needs. Now, Jesus, or or Jesus, Jesus will meet all your needs, but he will not meet all your wants, and most of the things we think are needs or wants. In fact, we have a God who is willing to deprive us, who is willing to allow us to experience a pandemic, to get and win the hearts of his people that we might find where genuine life is found. You say, oh, God is cruel. That is a cruel God that would, no. It, that's a testament about us, not him. That's a testament on human nature, how hard my heart is for him to to have to do, you know, work through a pandemic to get more of my heart. That's a testament on my hardness um, and his goodness to not give up on me and to not turn his back on me. But he's willing to go to that extent. How in the world then can we trust a god like this thirdly and finally when we trust god we experience a god who is with and for us when we trust the god of the bible we find a god that will shake the foundations of our souls that will captivate the the far reaches of our imagination that will uh, stir up more love and passion and desiring than anything in all creation. I don't know if you've read um, Tommy Adimi's books, Children of Blood and Bone, and uh, the second one, Children of Virtue and Vengeance, but it's a must read. Uh, Get those books. Now these are the first two in a trilogy, so you're gonna have to wait a year um, to, to see how it all ends, but her books have um, just all the 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 right ingredients for an incredible story. Um, there's the uh, the the oppressed, you know, the underdog people. There's the evil oppressor that you just hate, um, and and then there's the the savior, the the warrior, the uh, the one who fights for liberation and freedom. Uh, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's betrayal. There's all these things in this story. And, and the reason it connects on such a deep level, because this is the n- metanarrative of all of life. It's not just the metanarrative of literature and, and movies and film. It's the mer- metanarrative of all of life. It speaks to uh, the inner child in me that, that at least um, responded and interpreted my environment as a as a child as an infant um, that i better take care of myself i better uh, be self-reliant i better not let anyone in it speaks to me the the gospel of jesus speaks to me why because i have a god who is with me and for me and will never forsake me um i love you know the uh, these verses, uh, verses 5 through 7 of Isaiah Um, 9. Listen to what he's saying. He he is describing, he's not saying there's not going to be war. He's saying we've got a God who will go to war for us. Listen, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. It doesn't say it's just going to be retired. It doesn't say it's just going to kind of van. It will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The rule of Emmanuel, the rule of this child to be born, the one who will sit on the throne of David will not just rule over the kingdom of of Israel, but he will sit on the, the throne of the universe and and, and he will bring good he will do battle for us he will stand in between us and the sword and he will take it for our salvation and he will reign forever this is one who goes to battle who takes the sword and continues to reign on high who puts under his feet anyone and everything all evil anything that would come against him he conquers that he might conquer his people's hearts and minds, that he might uh, bring us into a kingdom that will never end, that experiences peace, not war. Peace and harmony and love and relationship, not conflict and missing one another. Oh, what a glorious king. And who is this king? He's everything we need. He is the mighty God. We don't just need a God, small g God. We need a mighty God right now. We need a God who who doesn't just tell us what we want to hear, but a God who tells us the truth and a God who can do something about everything that we face. And if he's not doing something about it, we can trust him and know that one day, someday he will. And his timing is perfect. And if he is allowing us to experience whatever it is we're experiencing, we can trust him. Why? Because he's the suffering servant of Isaiah 53 that we're going to see soon. He came down. He took our blows. He was crushed for our iniquities. He the the, the punishment that was upon him has brought us peace. He is a mighty God. He is a, a wonderful counselor. That doesn't mean a wonderful psychologist. This word counselor is used as an aid in battle. So he is a, a wonderful counselor. He is one that speaks truth to us in hard times. He's the one that tells us the way to go when it really matters and on topics that really matter. You go this way, you die. That's what happens in war. You, you make this decision, the, the consequences are deadly. It's not just, oh, I eat you know steak or I eat um, fish. No, it's uh, you move this way and live like this and you fall off a cliff or you live this way and you draw closer to God and you flourish and your soul expands and you experience God himself. He's a mighty God, a wonderful counselor. He's an everlasting father. We saw in the Mother's Day video the the beautiful, uh, so many beautiful things I could bring out, but I love, uh, and I can't remember who said it. It was one of our um, younger uh, women in the church. She said, you're never too young to need your mother. You're never too young for a mother, or excuse me, never too old for a mother. And that just hit me. It's true. And we're never too old for a father either. We have an everlasting father that speaks to those of us that have those father wounds our father was not what they should be they did not reflect God the way they should have and yet we have a father we are not abandoned we are not orphans we are adopted sons and daughters of a high king he has chosen us before the foundation of the world to make us his own not to make us little laborers in his vineyard but to make us sons and daughters he has put in our heart the power of the holy spirit the very person of the holy spirit for what to cry out abba father that when we are hurting we cry to him because he is the one who will come running to our cries he's an everlasting father we can trust him we can put ourselves in his arms you may be betrayed by the people that you've trusted in your life. You may be experiencing betrayal in a relationship right now. You will not experience that with the everlasting Father. Give yourself to Him. Trust Him. Dive into His Word and believe. And He's also the Prince of Peace. This mighty God, this wonderful Counselor, brings peace first between He and I, us and Him. He, We are separated by God through sin and by our sin, but we are reconciled to God through the person of Christ. He became our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities, and he obeyed the law in our place. Therefore, there is a righteousness. Not, it's not just that our sins are forgiven, but there is a righteousness that we now possess because it's been given. It's a gift. It's been credited to our bank account. We've done nothing for it, He's done it all. And that's why I love, the, that's what's made clear in the last uh, 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 sentence of, of, of verse 7. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It is not on your shoulders to, um, to, for life to work out. It's not on your shoulders the burdens of this life. It is not on your shoulders to try to figure life out. It is on the shoulders of God Himself and his zeal has worked it out already in the person of Christ. Dear friends, you can trust him during these uncertain times. Would you give yourself to him? Would you allow him to be your God? Would you go to his word and believe what his word says? Would you feast upon it And let it read you let it expose all the ways that you're turning uh, to the world and and, and to your possessions and and to uh, this plan working out or this plan working out trust your God he is with you he is Emmanuel and if you've never trusted him would you think about that think about what I've said that's the message of the gospel That's the truth of the gospel. The church may have hurt you. The church and Christians may have turned you off, but this is the message of the gospel, and this is what he offers you this morning, and all you must do is believe. All you must do is receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior, as your King, as your God. If you've done that and you would like help and moving forward. If you would like to talk about that, if, if you're skeptical and you want to continue that discussion, reach out to me. Richard at downtownchurch.com. Reach out to Michael Davis. Michael at downtownchurch.com. Reach out. To, let us enter the conversation. Don't just be in a one-way conversation. Let us enter it. With that hope, dear friends, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you're a God that is with us. We thank you that you've not forsaken us, that you will not forsake us. And so, God, as we think on that and the beautiful reality of your salvation, as we go to the table, God, nourish our hearts, bless our souls, strengthen our faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, dear friends, uh, may we respond to the grace and love of Jesus Christ as we bring our tithes and offerings to him. Um, and during this virtual time, the, the best way to do that is by texting Downtown Church to 73256. Uh, so you're texting to the number 73256 and put in the subject line Downtown Church, one word, no spaces, all lowercase. I can't emphasize enough uh, that this is the time to give. Um, choose the, con- the um, congregational giving or, or tithe as uh, your primary way of giving, but also give to the Mercy Fund. Um, And that fund is what we use to help those that are unemployed right now, those um, uh, that need help in terms of food or rent, uh, even counseling. Um, So give and give generously at this time. And now let's be encouraged as we uh, sing also, uh, join in singing, In Christ Alone.